Hi everyone, welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity. We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm excited to be presenting the very passionate, driven and savvy Elliot Alexander. Elliot is the founder and director of Endemic World. Endemic World is a gallery space, an online and offline retailer of local and international art, and a provider of a variety of artistic services to help local artists do more and be more. With a passion for business, creativity, and the arts at the core, Elliot's extensive experience has served Endemic World as a very inspiring, ever-growing, and multifaceted art business. So, firstly, thank you for doing this this morning, so early, in this glorious, rainy, traffic-full day. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're here. So, for starters, I guess it will be great to get an idea of how it's all started for you. Have you always wanted to start up something like Endemic World? Uh, yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. definitely wanted to start my own business. Didn't really know that it was going to end up being an art gallery on Ponsonby Road. Mm. That definitely wasn't the first idea. It was more of a case of we were snowboarding a lot and we all started to make our own apparel. So we had our own little brand of t-shirts and stuff. Ah, and so cool. Okay. And had a natural interest in small creative boutique brands, I suppose, especially yeah. for New Zealand. Yeah. And that was probably because of watching companies like Hatta come out of nowhere. Mm. And suddenly, you know, do really well. And there's a couple of guys who are skating and snowboarding, and every kid suddenly wanted to do the same thing. I think, like yeah. the the influence that they had from being such a small, yeah. you know, startup to then yeah, kind of it. shifting the culture a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I guess, part of the motivation. And then not having a place to find all those cool brands in one place that made me think, I'm not into the making my own stuff. I would mm-hmm. rather provide a platform so it's easy to access. Because Huffle was only one of heaps right. of businesses doing. Really cool creative stuff. So were not they, just clothing. Right. right. So was there any stuff. particular experience that you had that made you go, okay, there's a gap here, there's something not being provided that could be provided? Yeah, it kind of did. When you went to go get clothes or something, cheapskates yeah. was kind of your only option and it was right. pretty pricey and nothing had all of it. Yeah. So that got frustrating. Yeah. yeah go to yeah. one shop and you've got one item in one size and then the next shop might have one. And that was back then, brands didn't have their own online commerce stores. So yeah. you couldn't just go to Huffer.com and shop. No, that's that just true. That was all protected by the retailers. How long ago was this? So maybe this 10, is, uh, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, no. that's probably more like 11 to 12 years ago. Yeah. Trademe didn't have photos on their homepage no. to give you an idea of the state yeah. of the internet. <laughs> we kind of forget how quick it's happened. So much has changed. Yeah. It's like a completely different world from what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 You know, we ran business for five years without Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> and now you can survive without it. Yeah, now they kind of drive what you do. So Pretty much. And that's happened in half a decade. So yeah, cool. yeah. So how did it transition from going, okay, T-shirts, to then I'm going to stock everyone's <clears> artwork? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, it was seeing the gap in the e-commerce space. Yeah. That was the change where we were like, cool, let's just retail everyone else's cool stuff. Because we found that mm-hmm. by researching, you know, doing looking at competitors and how could we differentiate our own clothing stuff. Right. I was right. like, there's enough rad stuff out there. Yeah. No one knows about it. So let's just do a retail version. And clothing, a bit of homeware, a bit of giftware was the 
first categories that we yeah, okay. sold, but it was New Zealand only, and art was just one category that we opened maybe a couple of years into the game. Yeah. And pretty quickly I didn't like all the others, and I only liked the art. So overnight we just scrapped the rest and relaunched as an art business only. And that was like a three and a half to four year journey, I think, from opening to becoming art only. Actually, that's so, a, another good question as well, is what was it like transitioning from having the idea to do this and pursue it in the first place to then establishing a whole business and team around it? Do you mean the change from like yeah. design store to art store or just opening a store full stop? I guess a bit of both. A bit of both? Yeah. Well, the one thing is I'll like, okay, it. I have this idea, there's this gap and that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, now I'm going <laughs> to set it up because like, there's a big jump in itself to go, I'm actually going to do something with it. Right? Yes. And then, of course, there's the, the business element as you've kind of evolved over the years. Yeah, I guess I was always interested in business stories. So right. I was the kind of kid who got up and listened to national radio in the morning. Oh, my goodness. I, I, read, <laughs> I read blogs. I don't read anything else apart from the business news, probably, in newspapers. Right. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. I just I just fascinated with it. I'm like, and I just had dreams of yeah running a company or something. Yeah. I don't know why, because I failed university and I failed. No, no, I failed school. Did well yeah. at university, but I had to wait till I was twenty. Yeah. I guess I just got interested later. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done travel. I've been snowboarding for five plus years. Yeah. Like around the world, and I was kind of tired yeah. and just wanted to do something else. I guess, and it was overnight. You're like, right. I think I just I had had one year in Edinburgh. Yeah. That was kind of like the end of a whole lot of travel. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm done living out of suitcase. I'm yeah. go home. So. And start a business. I was always kind of king. Yeah. Had support from the family. Right. And I said, well, just try. You've been talking about it for years. Yeah. You know that thought of like later down the track, you'll wish you tried yes. it? Yes. So I was like, well, I have to just try. I can always go back to somebody and travel if that doesn't work. That's true. The quick bit from just opening. Yeah. Lots of research. Probably a year yeah. of research and speaking to like companies that would build your website. Right. You know, in the old days, you right. couldn't just click <laughs> Shopify and like start paying $5 a week. It's like so all different back then. It's so much easier now, right? Yeah. Can all oh, we spent we spent tens of thousands building our first website. Wow. And that was cheap. You know, yeah. Big retailers were spending hundreds of thousands building their websites. So did you at any point experience a tension going, holy shit, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, I tried to close twice in the first four years. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? Because <laughs> I, I think that's one of the things that I guess I'm trying to well, get we opened, to other people as well. We opened in the recession. So right. we opened for business in November 2008, as in trading, you know, yeah. that's when we opened the doors. We started the company end of 2007. And so as we opened the doors, 2008, uh, November, yeah. the recession hit. So the first two years of business was just kind of like dragging your ass along, yeah. trying to get cut through and it didn't matter how good you were. The globe didn't give a shit, no. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So no. there's so much out of our control. Yeah, yeah. And as far as that was the first step after two years of that. Yeah. Yep, you just spend every cent you've got, and then you're at the end, and you go, well, we can't actually carry on, we have no more money. But the opportunities were just still there, and so even though I wanted to walk away, uh, supporters were like, no, keep going. So I just got more debt. I guess that story transitions into this idea of failure quite well. Yeah. Like, have you got any other experiences, or that was the main thing where it feels like something sucked or didn't work out? And what were some of the hard. strategies that you used to get out of it? I went and found mentors. Yeah. Yeah, I just went straight out there to find someone who could keep my motivation up, I suppose, nice. because you start to lose the vision in your own in your own business because you mm. kind of stop believing in it. And unless you yeah. believe in it 110%, it's not going to work. That's right. 
And I think that proves it because we made it work, even though the economy was going downhill really fast. Yeah. So we got noticed by, back then there was a startup magazine, which was kind of covering all the new startups that mm-hmm. were internet based. Yeah. And so we got picked as like top 10 in our second year. So that gave us a bit of a motivator to think, oh yeah, people are watching us and that's, yeah. that's worth it. It kind of gives you a little bit of validation, right? Like you're like, yeah, right. is what we're doing working? And then... You know, you get this feedback and it pumps you up a little oh, bit. Oh, totally. Yeah. You can be yeah. so low and they can just put you straight back to the top yeah. again. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Kick off. And I had a... The mentor was running a very large online retail store at the time. Yeah. And he was ruthless because he had no emotional attachment. And I think that's really important to have at the start. Because when you start a business, you care too much about what your business card looks like or the stuff it's oh. printed on. It doesn't matter. Just don't even have a business card. You've got one job and that's to sell stuff in yeah. a retail environment. Yeah. So that was... He turned my whole brain around, basically, because I'd grown up in a creative environment. Mm-hmm. My dad's a designer. Sister's a designer. Yeah. Mum had managed their business and, and they're art collectors and it's just... It's a little obsessive in a way. Yeah. Just it was... All we cared about was creative things. Yeah. And we don't talk about the taste of the wine, we all look at the label and talk about the brand and, right. and critic that first, and then we're like, oh, does it taste nice? Yeah. So hard <laughs> so, to separate from yourself. To, and so I, had, I, yeah, the same. Yeah. I hadn't grown up around like a hardcore sales environment, what it's like to be in that situation, because yeah. that's actually what makes a business take over. Even if you're selling design, you still have to sell it. That's right. And that's like the biggest, I find the most common skill missing, mm-hmm. is like having a Yes. The keenness to sell and market what you do. A lot of creatives are so talented, but they've got no idea how to value it and then sell it efficiently. That's, well, I think that's in the artistic field as well. That's quite prevalent. You oh, know? yeah. I've got friends who redesign their websites three times before they turn them on. And that's I'm true. like, they should have just had it on the whole time because there's no finished in web. There's the perfectionism, yeah. but there's also uh, valuing your work and your worth and putting a price tag on it is also another separate tension like i think that comes back to the selling thing where for some reason you know when you're when you're in an artistic field of some sort where what you're putting out is not tangible Mm. that your time and effort is not as valuable and worthy and deserving of money yeah right you know how it is hard to value i mean people work for free right you leave uni as a photographer or designer you just get out there you do whatever it takes to that's right get a foot on the door somewhere so what advice would you give to anyone trying to really own and be confident in their process and actually value their work as well? Uh, just be conscious of the balance between creative and the business end. Yeah. You've got to spend time doing both. Mm. Unfortunately for creatives, you don't often choose when you get your creative motivation. Yeah. So that could suddenly, like you wake up one morning and you've got an idea and you probably can't rest until you try it. That's As right. a creative, you've yeah. got to go paint that picture. You have to go and get your camera and run out and take some photos. Yeah. But your newsletter had to go out that morning. Yeah. So be a bit more organised and make sure that's scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to plan ten years? It's like even just planning five days at a time that can do huge advantages to your productivity because you have things in place. So when you mm. get like a creative boost, you can shut down for two days and yeah. turn your phone off and turn your computer off and just create. Because you don't have to be distracted by the other yeah, aspects of it. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't give yourself the space, you're just like always frenetic yeah. or just thinking about that newsletter that you needed to send out. Yeah. It's like, and then you feel bad for not doing that's it. That's right. And then the sales aren't coming in, so you're like, why isn't it? And then you get a bit frustrated. And It's usually pretty simple and yeah, funny. Yeah. You have to be prepared to be a generalist and you have to do all of it. Mm. And if you are actually really not good or not enjoying one part, yeah. just 
just get someone else to do it. Yeah. And yes, it means you have to pay them, yeah. but that straight away gives you more time to do the stuff that you've got it and you like. So mm. you get the return really quickly. Right. But that's a real hard step to take. Yeah. Creators always want to do it all themselves. Yeah. Not just because they like to control things or because they're perfectionists, yeah, but it's yeah. scary and pain. Money well, out when money's not coming in. It's like. Right. But it's a catch twenty two, right? Until you free yourself yeah. up, you're never going to be able to like get all your potential. What about for people who are just starting out though and don't have maybe the financial means to get someone, to pay someone to help them out? I wouldn't know what it's like today because today you can use Kickstarter. Today you can just right. put a message on Instagram and say, come to my sale at my house in my garage yeah. so I can sell some stuff so I can then go yeah. do the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, And it was way easier and cheaper to reach an audience. Yeah. In my day, or on my day I don't want to sound like I've done everything. I yeah. haven't. I'm still learning like every yeah. single day. Yeah. But for me, it was far more traditional. It was like, hey, mum and dad, can I have some money? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And they said, this is how much, the maximum we're going to give you. Yeah. And one word of warning is if you're dealing with family and business, make sure it's legal and official and contractual right from day one. Yeah. doesn't matter how much you love your mum and dad. The boundaries business are really can, Exactly. Yeah. So at work at Sue and Grant, at home, that's mum and dad. Mm. It's, and people always go, why do you call your parents like Sue and Grant? That's so weird. Well, we're at work. Yeah, you have and to separate it. the mental side Yeah, of it. and we yeah. catch each other out sometimes talking about personal things at yeah. work. And I'm like, yeah. can we talk about that after work? And it might be something like, are you coming over for dinner tonight? Yeah. I don't want to think about it then because we're doing accounts or something. Yeah. It's like... Wow, that, that takes a lot of discipline though. Yeah, That's, massive. Yeah. So same thing if you're doing business with friends. Mm. Make sure when you're at work, you're working. Yeah, yeah, you have the clear expectations. There you go. Yeah. And then you can't take offence to things because it's like, oh, that's because we're working, not because you don't like me personally or something. That's right. Well, because so that's, that's the hard thing as well when you are in a creative industry to not think, take things personally to, you know, feedback. Oh, hugely. Oh. Just quickly going back to the money thing. Yeah. Once you've like totally dried out your parents or your yeah. brother or your sister, then you go to a bank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then once that's maxed out, yeah. You just have no choice but to work every single hour until it works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you just have to do what you have to do? Yeah, yeah. you just have to get up and do it. Because yeah. the other thing is people think, say, getting a mentor or some outside help means yeah. that they'll do it for you. Yes. It's not that simple. It's They'll just have to make the decisions to get what's done, how prioritize mm-hmm. or how decisions, because you're in a mess, you know, you're thinking about a zillion things at once. Yeah. And yeah, you just get a mentor to help. Yeah. And what about in terms of charging for your work? If you're, say, an artist. It's always so different. Yeah. And it, there's only because some, say for us, we're selling mm-hmm. art. Some of those artists, their art is not their entire career because they run a full-time design business. Yeah. Or they're a yoga instructor. Yeah. But they're also a painter. Yeah. And that's really common. Mm. So they have to decide the balance between, like, making a sale and holding a value of a piece of work. Mm. But, you know, you put it in an exhibition and it's 2000 yeah. But then you make month later says I'll give you five hundred bucks for it. Yeah. A lot of artists will flick it because they're desperate for the five hundred bucks. Yeah. Even though the paintings were probably five grand. Some artists who have a little more financial freedom will sit mm. on a painting for five years and wait for it to sell for five grand. And those artists won't reduce their prices. So it just depends on how much um, resilience or patience you're Correct. willing to have. Yeah. And the other end might be your say stationary brand, boutique mm. stationary brand and your bulk making. Yeah. You know, so these products that you need to sell huge volumes of at a, a lower price point, mm. you need to sell that fast. Fast, yeah. You, and sometimes yeah. you'll lose margin and actually sell it at a loss just so you can go back and get the next, you know, lot of That's product right. out. Or 
like fashion's an mm. example of that. Well, like you have to have a balance of products for you that kind of get the money going, keep you That's sustaining it. how you need to keep going, and then you've got other tangents which are just like non-negotiable, yeah. which you just like do not want to undervalue yeah. the effort and time put into it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you do need both. You can't because I remember when I first started, I was like, I had this grand idea, I'm gonna do it this way, and then I was like. Well, this is not working because I will last six months <laughs> with the rate that people are buying my stuff. Yeah, so I had to kind of downsize and find, create products that were, um, you know, at a lower price point to kind of balance the ones that I want to keep at a highest price point. Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah. You know, we sell pr- we sell prints from thirty dollars up to paintings. Yeah. You know, thirty k yeah. ish. Everything goes in the pot, and yeah, cash flow. Actually, out of any business, cash flow is mm. the hardest thing. Because it's never steady. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's not steady at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. money, money, money. You open the doors to your retail store and one day you could be busy all day and it's amazing and you're like, wow, imagine if my business could do that even 50% of the time. Yeah. But then the next day it might be absolutely quiet and no one's buying anything. And, and so your motivation will go up and down like a yo-yo. That's, that's a hard one. Just go see <laughs> big picture view, keep the big picture view. So when you are in those moments where motivation is lacking or, or you're stuck for inspiration as well and what to do, yeah, what do you do then, whether it's that it's, scenario or a new project? Or it's just skill. keeping the big picture. Yeah. So it's, you know, that the one part that makes you feel really good about it, so it's probably for any small business owner, it's, it's the time that you put in. You put in so many hours, like work isn't a 40-hour week, it's no. just all the time. You don't yeah. really... You probably don't actually want to know how many hours you put in because then it will just <laughs> probably bring you down a bit. Yeah. So it's better to just keep look, looking at that end, not the end, but the satisfaction or things that give you enjoyment out of doing that. Yeah. And it might be as small as just having that email from a customer that's super happy mm. and they, they really helped you, you know, carry Boost on. You. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. It's not about like money at the end of that, really. It's more. You know, you're seeing happy customers, but yeah. that gives the buzz. And so you just have to keep knowing that the hard work you're doing now and it's hard and the motivation's yeah. down, just go, oh, but wait for the people when they come in and come into the exhibition opening. Or And that can be through even social, having customers come in and post on social media going, well, found this cool place or check out this yeah. cool painting. You're just like, yes, people are liking it. Yeah. And then that's it. So the hard work at the start of hanging the work at late at night or painting the gallery again for the 1,000th time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's always, like makes it worth it because yeah. you're seeing the rewards and the merits come out of it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Nothing's yeah. easy. No. But you can make those hard bits fun. You can you can twist it a bit like like when I talk about say painting the gallery, yeah. you know, make it fun. <laughs> Put on the tunes loud and drink some beers yeah. with your mates late at night. You know, it doesn't have to be make a boring task. Yeah, it. totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, make it stupid. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, that that's a really good idea. I think we never think of work that way. That was like, yeah, oh, it's another it? thing to tick off. And just get done. That's but it. if you kind of go, okay, how can I make this? Give it some time to be a fun project. That's it. And yeah. then it just gets done quicker and with so much ease as well. Mm-hmm. Well, from what I know, that you know, you hold the host the exhibitions, you manage artistic services through Endemic World, which I know 
a lot of artists really appreciate. I mm, to that's, it. that's amazing how quickly it's, people are using it. We didn't really market yeah, it. Yeah, because I think that's something that really is an unknown territory when it, for, for artists who have just started, say, illustrating, but they don't know how to start selling and oh, yeah, you know how to get that production line going. Because I just spoke to Olivia Bezet. As well. oh, right. yes. And she was like, oh my God, I love Endemic World. They <laughs> saved me when I was starting. They were so great. Oh, you know? We love artists like yeah. Olivia because yeah. they are uh, 100% in. Yeah. She's only 20 and oh, she's amazing. she'll be an artist for life. Yeah. And when we say that, we get excited. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Well, look what she's drawing now. Imagine what she'll be drawing in another five years. That's right. Imagine right. what she'll be drawing in another five years after that. Well, even she so, might not. She might just be painting only. You no, never know. So no, it's you kind just of, never know. Exactly. It's like this exciting thing to see. Well, it was just really refreshing to see as well when she put up on her Instagram uh, an illustration that she did, say, five, ten years ago, five to ten years ago or something, into right. um, one the same kind of bird that she'd done now, and like the difference and the growth and the skill. It's insane. And eh? It's insane, yeah. but it just like goes to show that those things do take time, and you just have to keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's that that ten thousand hour thing. Yeah. Olivia draws all day, every day. People think that she probably is there having a good old time, just yeah. you know, and everyone else does it for her, but no, she is no. so motivated. No, she's really got non stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. employs her mum, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. To help her manage her markets and That's right. yeah, yeah. She you know, she's treating it like a real a proper business I guess. It was a great chatting with her. Unusual at that age I think to be so clear. I know. That's only like <laughs> I didn't start uni till I was or finish uni till I was yeah. twenty five. I didn't start my business till I was twenty seven. But she's all well on her way and only 20. It's like, man, I wish I had that kind of no. clarity of what I wanted to do at that age. I know, tell me about it, right? I'm just mm. figuring it things out now and I'm like 33. Yeah. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, can, can you actually work it out? I'm like, it's, like, oh God. It's so hard, eh? Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the flip, I think, that comes down to the experience. The experience speaks volumes. Yeah, I think that's a good question yeah. to ask yourself. Just keep doing it. Even if, as you do get older, just keep going. I wonder what I'll do when I'll get older. Like as if you never actually would have gone up. It's just a good frame of mind to stand. Well, it's also a good feeling when, like, I don't necessarily, I do some illustrations as well, and I don't necessarily do them every day, but just my transition from, like, say, two years ago to the refinement now, I can see it, and that Mm. feels really good to me. And I was like, it motivates me and gets me excited to keep going. I'm like, oh, actually, I am getting better. Yeah, that's good. eh? But I just want to come back to um, the multi faceted aspect of what you provide through endemic world and what your different roles are in this it's like you were talking about when you making it fun when you have to do little jobs like painting the gallery space or whatever how do you balance all the different elements that your business requires and then enjoy them along the way as well that's the game yeah and as a small business you've only got so much resource right that's right and time yeah oh so painful yeah. Yeah, like a day is so short. A day should be, I don't know, everyone's different. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to work from 8 to 8 every day. It's just, yeah. you get more done. And I'd rather do that for like three days and then have four, four days, days off. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. that's definitely an aim. This, yeah. this year I've finally started to have two days off a week. Not consecutive, but I try and have Friday off and Sunday off. Yeah. Which, that's the first time in you know, 10 years I've started wow. and I can do that. That's pretty enjoyable. I'd like to make that three days off a week. That's because I do job. find, when I'm at work, mm. I'm just so pumped. Yeah. And I go way faster and harder. Because you've had that break. Yeah, you know, like come back re- so refreshed. Push. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always start I'm always at work quite a nice seven thirty kind of latest. Yeah. We're a retailer. We don't open the doors till ten, but we're here. Yeah. Well before that to mm. get things done. 
Because to have energy, you have to build energy, right? Yeah, totally. In some ways. So yeah, create a culture where it can thrive. And yeah. I think that's probably part of the really important part of that point, like finding that balance. Part of that is driven by the need to succeed financially. Yeah. Or be sustainable financially. Mm. Some choices you make are based purely on being able to pay your bills and operate. Yeah, that cash flow sort of stuff. That could be like discounting product to sell it just to keep going. Or yeah. you want to operate seven days, but you can't afford to pay staff seven days, so you have to operate six days. Or yeah. I don't know, there's all those things. And as a business, that just is never constant. So just when you've kind of got the balance right, something changes. Mm. And that's the constant you kind of have to get used to. For example, when Instagram came around, everyone's now used to that. Something else mm. would be around the corner. We probably don't right. think there is. Yeah. And that could be... The fact that phone use becomes something of the past, a bit like fax machines. You know, remember when you used to have a phone? You yeah. might have thought that that was a bit telephone. weird. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, we have a wallet, but we're noticing a lot more people using their phone to pay. Little things like that can affect your business in a big way if it can impact the sales process. Mm. So you're constantly having to reinvest into keeping that up to customers' expectations. In the old days, you know, when you had an online store, you kind of didn't want people to call you. You had your phone number. And mm. Now it's please call us, let us help you shop online. People will shop online while on the phone to you. They'll come in the store and get the product three times, even take it home and try it. Yeah. And then maybe shop via an email. And you just have to say yes to everything. Even if you don't want to, you have to go, yep, sure, we can do that by email if you want, if you like. Someone just wants to do the whole conversation through Instagram, Messenger. Yeah. Okay. You, you can't have to say, be available. To yeah, you can't yeah. go, no, please call us. Because once you start speaking to a customer, you just want to keep speaking to them, no matter what channel. Make it easy, simple. Like you're always there everywhere. Yeah. They know if they message you on Facebook or Instagram or pick up mm. the phone or email or come in store. It's like all that same that same feeling, same yeah. service. So keeping it consistent with yeah. you, regardless of what channel you're going through. Which is hard. Yeah. You know, the email inbox is going ding, ding, ding. The phone's ringing. Messages you've got, are coming in. And you you've got the other things to do. Yeah, it's, it just um. goes on and on. And you get used to it all. It just becomes... So would you say in that sense, like, it's important to have the foundation on the balance or keep trying to find that what's the right balance, but at the same time being able to uh, respond to changes or new things that come up rather than being close to it? Yeah, that's it. You just have to be yeah. more of a yes person than a no person. person yeah. You can't improve if you don't entertain change, maintain connection like you were saying in different platforms like if you said no to Instagram, then... Have you read that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No. Yeah, it's a good book. I've heard of it. And it helps you deal with change a bit better, I think. Yeah. If you are a bit of a, like, you really like your routine and the yeah, yeah, that more yeah. regimented way of existing, then read this book. It'll help you deal with all that stuff. You okay. don't worry about things so much. People, like a smallest thing, for example, mm. a dissatisfied customer, or you broke a frame of print, you make a mistake. Some people get really upset. Mm. And they like they let it bring their whole day down. Just only use all of the bad things to make a good thing out of it, or yeah. just just don't give a fuck. Like in terms of letting it stress yeah. you up, Are just you... get turn it around and make yeah. it better. Use it as like a motivator. Do you have a pers- particular experience in that sense where where something went wrong? At a gallery, yeah. it's definitely having shows where you don't sell something on opening night. That's a big fear you have because it can kill your motivation. Yeah. It can kill the artist's motivation. And that has happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Okay. That's just, that's the nature of the game. Okay. Totally. Yeah. 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 You know, you only have to find one person to like a painting to buy it. Mm. One person. Mm. You have to sell it once. One. Like that's yeah. a really different thing from selling something you can sell hundreds and hundreds of. Yes. 
because you yes. have to find a wider taste, and that's easier yeah. than finding just the one person that just likes that one painting. So you get used to the long game and selling, and you use it as motivation. You go, damn, we didn't find that person on opening night. They're out there somewhere. We're going to find them soon. Just kind of stay positive. Oh, that's yeah. it. So you don't go, oh. Yeah, get down and worried and freak yeah. out because that means we that suck. Like, that means yeah. our work sucks. Yeah. That and it means doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't actually mean that no, at never. all. You know, no. it's like so not related at all. No. Because some mornings it's, I open the door, the phone rings, and it's someone who just drove past, and they'll say, "Is what's that painting in your window? Can can I come get that?" And it's like credit card over the phone, and we'll ship it to them because they're too busy to even come in. And they've never even walked in your gallery. Or seen your brand before, yeah, and that's just a total. But it's about putting out the energy that you're doing something good. That's it. And I reckon that all just comes back around. It's very quite karma styles. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think at the end of the day, if you're really like you're saying, believe in what you do and put that's the right it. energy out, yeah, 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 and have you know kind of the positivity and the faith that it's it'll be you'll find that one yeah. person to buy it or it will work out. Then it works out. It works itself out. The energy goes with, with that work too. Yeah. People see it on their wall. They talk yeah. about it with people. And yeah. That's it. The chain yeah. starts and then that's it never right. stops. That's <laughs> so true. Well, when you do something day in and day out as well, though, even though you love what you do, you can sometimes lose sight of why you love it because you're caught up in the grind of just getting things done, just like how you were talking before as well. You know, it's hard to kind of remind yourself why you love it and what made you start it, that sort of thing. What helps you stay connected with that? Oh, yeah, it's, you constantly even give yourself a reality check. Well, because before you get, say, to a stage like this, don't forget where you came from because mm-hmm. you want to be back there. You're always comparing yourself to other people whether you want to or not. That's right. Even if you think you're not, you always are. Yeah. I, like, I'm always looking at the retailers around me, the mm-hmm. other galleries, online around the world and I'm just constantly going I wish I was as good as they do that mm. I wish we could have that artist working here always wanting to do like something more better than we're doing people constantly saying oh it's so good you do this really well and I'm like oh yeah but I'd rather do it this way and I'm like man you're so hard on yourself like, like ground yourself by just not everybody has the same opportunities mm. everyone's kind of path is a bit different it's like it's like the Joneses kind of thing. Everyone wants to have a big house and a flash car and a batch yeah. and all that stuff, you know? And it's, yeah. That's not the stuff that, like, gets you out of bed in the morning. It's the more smaller things. So, like, for me personally, mm-hmm. this, like, endemic code gives me the freedom to do just things that I really like to do. Yeah. Which is have a flexible working environment. Mm. If I don't want to come to work tomorrow, I'm not going to come to work tomorrow. I'll work tomorrow. Yeah. But I have the choice to do that. And yes. I know so many people don't have that choice. And it does become you take it for granted really quickly. Mm. So you have to keep going. Guess what? Not everyone else has that choice, so don't complain. But you have to learn how to be far more grateful with exactly. like what you've got and what you're doing because it fills a gap and people like it. That should make you happy. Yeah, because it's always easier to focus on not what's not working uh, totally. rather than exactly. you're what always, is. Yeah. And you, it's, you're always comparing or like looking at what you haven't done versus to like how far you've come. That's well. it. So it's like to kind of maintain that love, be grateful for yeah, how far you've come, what you are, have the capacity to do. Is that right? Yes, yeah? it's easier when you get older. Oh, how so? Just because when you're young, you, you see people whizzing past you, becoming yeah. successful, and you're like, oh, this, why isn't it working for me? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good example is Valentin Osich. Yeah. Back in the day, we sold his t-shirts, mm-hmm. and then he started the I Love Ugly brand properly, and yeah. massively successful with multiple stores around the, the world, and you know they've done a really good job. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he did that so quick. 
I don't actually know, but I definitely know there is more than one investor or, you know, there was multiple. Mm. Basically, if you want to go fast, you need more money to go faster. Faster, yeah. And we've grown completely organically. Mm. And I've taken that risk on solely, which is a lot harder, say, if I had a team of five people, mm. all with the ability to take on debt and risk and fund capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do everything in half the time. It's like comparing yourself apples with apples. Yeah. Don't look at the guy next door or whatever. It doesn't really help unless... No. You're on a, no one's on an even playing field. I think a lot of the times we only visually see the people who, who seemingly have got to success like super quick. Like yeah. just started overnight. And yeah. overnight. But you but don't it's really. It's never the case. It's never, it's never the, case. the case. It's like yeah. you don't really hear the story of like maybe the last three businesses that they had prior to this one that failed or, you know. The other products that they tried to sell that failed, or That's you it. know how they were. They don't talk about no, <laughs> the even, failures. Exactly. You learn how to only tell the exactly. positive stories. You don't That's hear it. about the background so much. Mm. Mm. And that influences what they're doing today. Jenny Stringelman, for example, who paints yeah. these huge abstracts. Uh, she was an animator in England for 15 years before she started painting. Wow. But that gave her some skills that helped her succeed quite quickly with getting her art out there. Yeah. And showing it in a way that you know, resonated well with the local mm. market and it might have looked like an overnight success, but yeah. she's been creative and creating for 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Just not yeah. necessarily painting yeah. oils. That's so right. That's I think right. that's, people think, what, she only just started painting oil paintings a year ago and she's already having sell-out yeah. shows. That doesn't so, mean she well, hasn't got an eye or a skill. Yeah, the journey of that creativity went exactly. through all these other paths. And, or like Hayley King, you know, great example. She knows how to work 100 hour weeks and she has done it. A long time. Yeah. It was not an overnight thing for you either. No. It's like you have to trust your process in yeah. your own creative journey mm. rather than compare with someone That's else's. It. Yeah. Because yeah. they're doing their own thing. That's it. You know, you, different yours is completely different. Um, I want to touch a little bit into your creative process, so to speak. How do you generally come up with your ideas and build together a project? We probably have multiple ideas for projects that happen at the same time mm-hmm. like they're always there yeah we have a thing where if we haven't got anywhere with it within say two months then we just get rid of it like delete it off the to-do list don't leave it right. on there right. as a i hope we can do that soon because then it just clutters your goals yeah mm, interesting. if you really wanted to do it you would have done it already yeah if it was important you would have already done it That's or true. you would have already started the process and it would be in the pipeline yeah. so for us that might be a show idea Mm-hmm. Or it might be a marketing idea or mm-hmm. some kind of event of some sort or even yeah. creating work ourselves in-house. Yeah, just give it a time limit. Mm. It'll be different for all the, I guess, what type of stuff you're creating if it's a big project. Yeah. For us, we are supposed to be celebrating our 10 years this year. <laughs> so it's been sitting there for probably a year on the to-do list. <laughs> and it's obviously okay. not the most important thing to do because we're doing other things and we keep putting it next next because i want to have another show i want to release this person's work but we are going to have to eventually stop and like celebrate existence you know because you only do 10 once i think and in this day and age businesses don't really last that long so 10 years is a good good stint even though we do feel like we're a startup and we're just starting so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but yeah that process that's one thing i find important because as a creative as you know you get ideas Mm. all the time are you going to put that on your to-do list is there more than three things on that list? Mm. I find it more efficient to remove something and then replace it with something else than just adding to the list. Right, just, just adding to the list doesn't do 
No. That doesn't make anything on that list get done. And do you put anything on the to-do list for later? Like this is the priority yes. or these are ones we want to focus on now, but maybe three years down the track, yeah, so hopefully we, we can do this one. Yeah, so I, yeah. I do that probably without all the other guys' input, mainly so I don't clutter their day-to-day doing and what we have to get done today yeah. for that project. So yeah. personally, all I have is a notebook mm-hmm. and a text edit file on my desktop. It's the only thing on my desktop generally at the end of every day because yeah. everything else on your yeah. desktop, delete it. If you don't need it, delete it. So delete it. delete it and empty your trash. Just get rid of it. Yeah. 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 If you need it, well, then you'll keep it and put it away. But that, yeah. that text edit file on my, on my desktop is just, at the moment, it just says 2019. Work in progress. And I just dump all the ideas down. So if I'm like mid-email to someone and I go, oh, idea, I will quickly open that text yeah. and I'll type it down and then I'll leave it. But that's next year. Yeah. Because obviously I've already got this year planned out. But you know, you've got the satisfaction that it's documented, it's there. Yeah, get it down. Yeah. And Number one thing, get like, it down. You'll forget yeah. about it in six minutes. And then yeah. you'll be like, oh, what was that idea? I know yeah. it was so good. Why didn't I write it down? Yeah. You know? Or put it in a book. And then it's at the end pleasing. of the year, yeah, so at the end of the year, we just, we go through all of those. And then often it's the way I'll get a customer will say, hey, why don't you guys do this? And I'll be like, hi, we are thinking of doing that. And if I get more people questioning or saying the same thing about an idea I've got for next year, I'll be like, oh, we should be doing that sooner because I'm starting to see mm-hmm. see the demand for it now or yeah. I can see there's enough people that it would benefit to yeah. let's do that this year, not next year. It's the priority. Yeah. yeah, so let's get rid of that one. We'll bring this one in. We're yeah. actually just going to pause that even if we've been working on it for a month. Yeah, you have to go with where the demand or the climate mm. is kind of showing you. You can't it. ignore it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you might have bigger projects that do take a six months or a year to sort of do to see when that happens. If you do have one of those, a project of that size or something. It might be that you're painting yeah. something or doing an exhibition and you're making that work over a long period. Yeah. You just have to lock off um, blocks of time to make some gains on it because if it stagnates for a bit too long, you'll lose yeah. the that, momentum. Yeah, the momentum. Yeah. yeah. For example, Hannah Jensen, who rents the downstairs studio from me, she the show that we're putting on in April, that's been, I suppose, a 15-year culmination of her career but the work that's physically in it has been going for five years which is a very long time to then just have seven or eight paintings but she's had multiple exhibitions in between when she started this one she knew this would be a five-year show and she's a separate book to manage that show which is you know resources drawing sketches and she's been prepping the paintings in the background, which, you know, layering all her paint, and it yeah. takes a huge time. So. It's like you've had separate intentions for different pieces of work, mm. whether it's like a collection of work or it's one work or... Yeah, some people use that. fancy calendars and alerts and all that stuff. Oh. I'm definitely... What are we... You know, we've got a big <laughs> calendar printed on the wall. Yeah. It's like, when does that get done? Okay, let's go write it on the wall right now. And everyone can just turn around and look at it. You don't all have to no. access a device. I can't think... <laughs> Yeah, a bit of paper on the ball never breaks either. It's so much more reliable than using tech. There's no right or wrong way. It's just, yeah, you got to find the one that well, you... Works for yeah, you. one that works for you, yeah. Yeah. So do so, you have any tools in that sense as well? Or mindset or any other practices as well that you feel perhaps maybe help you be more creative with your work? It's funny, I struggle with that word sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like, accountants can be creative. That's right. Uh, you know, a lawyer can be creative. Yeah. My brother's a marine lawyer in London. And he was describing the other day, I haven't seen him in his work environment, but he was describing how he, he paces around his office with an iPad and a headpiece and bare feet. And he will spend 30 minutes in the kitchen writing notes. And so he doesn't type. Yeah. He uses this, you know, one of those pens that you write on the yeah. iPad. So all his notes are 
like doodle pads put mm-hmm. on his iPad, and then and that, that's how he works. But he's a lawyer. And I'm like, ah, like it's hard for me to get my head around, but now I kind of get it. So, you know, I think everyone's creative in a way, but in terms of making something like a painting or a photograph, some of the people that do that, their processes are more like how a lawyer or an accountant works, extremely organised and disciplined. Yeah, every single morning I get up, I make a smoothie, I do some yoga, and I paint. It's like, man, you should be a, you know, an engineer. Super routine. That's yeah. very fascinating. Super self-indulgent and like, I do it this way, regimented. Yeah. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you a major in the army? Yeah. Is that being creative? That is. That is. That is. Oh, and exactly. I think that's so, a refreshing way to put it as well because, like, we've had conversations about what creativity is and what it means yeah. in a few sessions, and one of the ones that recently was with this guy called Welby Ames, who's yeah. like in some ways you could call him creativity advisor and like the way he put it was a lot of people think creativity is related to being artistic yeah right but they're two separate things That's being it. artistic and be creative are completely yeah. separate things 100%. everyone yeah. is creative and creativity is more about how you problem solve yeah it is. is how you solve anything really and what your mindset or your approach or processes to kind of resolve whatever that needs resolving Right? So there's, it's not one particular kind of formula. So it means that an engineer, a lawyer, an accountant, they're all creative, but, but they find it hard to kind of see themselves as creative, creative because a lot of the times it's like, oh no, it's only artistic people or people who do pretty things are creative people. Correct. It's yeah. like, no, Is this it's the way it's been termed, right? Yeah, creative yeah. industries versus... That's right. Um, the That's IT right. industry, man, developers and coders, they're so creative. Like, right. they have to, like, totally re-engineer things backwards, sideways, every which way. And sometimes it's really hard it for me to ask these questions as well, knowing that it's there's no definition around certain terms. It's like, mm. I don't actually think creativity is just the arts, but I do want to identify some of the artistic industry. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably, a lot of issues, people still so. say the arts. Yeah. And that can mean anything from, you know, whether it's dance or theatre or yeah. painting or photography or yeah. well, it kind of does make more sense when you call it the arts. Yeah. It's funny because when I first thought of that, I was like, oh yeah, arts just paintings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope, so it's it's like, everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah, so that, that's like a discussion in itself. It's a good one. Really? I don't think there's an end to that one. I don't it's think a, there's an end to it's that. It's a healthy one. one to have though to keep yourself aware yeah. of when you are being creative. Yeah, I actually find it now confronting as well when someone goes, oh wow. You know, they look at a piece of painting of mine or an artwork and they're like, wow, you're so creative. So I'm cool. like, and I'm thinking, so are you. Yeah. I don't know how to take this compliment right now. I'm so torn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's like, but I guess there's no certain you know, way to be creative, so to speak. I think it's more about a mindset, an approach to how you resolve or go about resolving things. Mm. Um, so... You know, that was really cool and how you think that to be more creative, you have to be very ad hoc, <laughs> you know, but no. You no, be very disciplined and straight. Being disciplined yeah. is also being creative. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 Cool. You practice the discipline side of things as well and that helps you be more creative, you feel? So I'm probably more on the, more on the discipline side. Yeah. I like to get up early and start the day early. Yeah. I don't know how people can do it. My sister's complete opposite. She's far more like roll, but more, but be available for more spontaneous type opportunities. Yeah. But that suits what she's doing as well. And what does she do? Um, she's a, a stylist, interior yeah. designer, writer, content creator. You yeah. know, she's someone who creates content for us. So yeah. for us, she's styling rooms and taking photographs. 
but then she'll go and stage a house that's for sale. And then she might be a guest speaker on a radio show for a few weeks mm. talking about interiors, so, so she can jump all around. That's after running a design company for 15 years as well in the corporate environment. Wow, yeah. So it's, I think she likes the different thing that right, change. Right. And today it's this and tomorrow it's that. Versus I'm the far more, yeah, today I'm going to do just like I did the day before and do this yeah. time to that time. So would you say in that case it just kind of depends on how you work and yeah. what your work is? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you probably are always the same, just because I think back to when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I would have all my, I'd have my school bag and my stuff ready the night before, always, <laughs> like always. Oh, and even like when I, when I started traveling and snowboarding, when I was yeah. snowboarding the night before, I'd have everything ready. Yeah. I would never get up and then go, oh, it's a powder day, I might go snowboarding. I'd already know that the day before and be ready and know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. It's in probably. nature, I guess. Yeah. And if your nature is to get up and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do today, but I know it's going to be awesome, I'm going to do rad stuff. Yeah. Well, then that's how you are. And, that's, and there's everything in between those two, I think. That's cool. That's a nice way to put it. Have you ever faced this tension between knowing what you needed to do, but actually going ahead and doing it was really difficult? Uh, it's usually way easier once you start. And I think the golden rule is to just start, because then you then you find out all this stuff. When this little space came up for rent, yeah, it was not the right time. I was too scared to take on a street front type mm. presence. We were, you know, in a big studio at the back. Yeah, we could do whatever we wanted. It kind of suited us. You got to be a bit different and have a street front uh, facing business. And the, the opportunity was too good to say no. I was far too scared. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. I'm not going to know how to do it unless we just try. So it was, it's that just starting. So you start. I think back to the first show we had, man, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Like, it was so embarrassing, man. Nothing was hung well. There was mistakes all through the catalogue and prices. And we were supposed to open and the artist turned up like half an hour before we were supposed to open. Nothing on the wall. And it was just... It's nightmare. Yeah. And, but without doing that, we wouldn't be doing this. And if we hadn't just said, well, let's just try it. No matter how hard it is. It's the only way to figure it out. It's right? the, sometimes it is. Unless there's, yeah, unless someone else is telling you how to do it, or you've got some kind of like, like a guidebook on how to mm. do it. Stay up all night watching YouTube videos or something. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta push your, yeah, get outside that comfort zone and get freaked out. Yeah, seeing how it's done versus actually going and doing it is yeah, like it's quite always, a different. It's always gonna be different for you too. Yeah. Someone else will be like, oh yeah, I've done that, you should do it like this. And you go, okay. And then you do it and it's like, Whoa, when I did it, this happened and that happened and it was totally exactly. not the same. Well, I think that's what Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this, is like a lot of the times you're like, oh, I'm not going to do this because so-and-so has already done it. It's not going to be, no one's going to appreciate it or it's not going to be unique enough. Yeah. And then, then she, the way she frames it is like, you have to do it not because they've done it, because it hasn't been done by you. You know, there's yeah, a difference right. between yeah. that, mm. being someone else doing it and you doing it. You mm. know, it's just, you have to go yeah, there's hundreds of galleries in New Zealand well before we've opened, and there's still new ones opening. I think timing's a real hard one. There's some means amazing businesses and ideas out there, and they've just not worked because it was the wrong timing, because I now see the same business opening and that's working. A lot of people go to Australia, um, Australia, America, and they, they look at businesses over there, and they're like, oh, that doesn't exist in New Zealand. I'm going to come back and do it in New Zealand, and it doesn't work because they're maybe too early. So how would you navigate through this? right time to do something. Like, I think a lot of businesses, or when you start, people don't research enough. I felt a bit embarrassed because I there's a gallery in Roxburgh called Endemic Gallery. I don't know how I did not 
find that business. A lot of businesses exist out there but don't appear on Google, <laughs> I guess. Right. Although you see everything on Google, don't forget to walk down the street <laughs> or ask people around you. And we still get locals walk past us and they come in and they're like, how long have you been here? You're a pop-up. Um, I've been here five years. I'm like, hang on, I've walked past you every day. For like, I've lived here for ten years. I'm like, it's okay. We don't take in everything around us all the time. I'm like, you should be stoked that you've now found us. Mm. Come and check it out when you're next walking by. Yeah, well, that becomes the, the tricky space, right? When you're going like, the timing can affect when you release, say, a project or work or business, you know? Mm. But it's like there's always going to be people who are not ready for what you are doing. Yeah. But then, at certain points, you still need to exist. When this place came up for rent, yeah. this front space, it was the wrong time. We were investing massively in our online presence, but I wanted to control the space in this building because I knew one day we would need it. I wasn't prepared to take the risk of not having the choice to take it when I wanted it. Yeah. So I was like, well, how about I just take it, and if I don't need it, I'll just sublease it to someone else. That's and then when we do need it, we can lease it properly. And I guess that was a fluke with timing because we've yeah. kept it ever since. Yeah. But yeah, even when I leased the building, I only needed about 30% of the building. But right. I knew the location would be worth gold in the future. Yeah. Just with the way Auckland was moving. You know, we're becoming an apartment city. We're growing up a little bit. Yeah. Finally, Auckland's mm. becoming like an international city, almost. Yeah, so it's having so, some foresight. Mm. Thing. And looking at the bigger picture, and it's yeah, like, okay, this That's might it. not be like a logical decision right now to take, but like you're saying, having this later down the track, what is worth the risk and the strain yeah. to kind of try? Yeah. So because you're never going to know when's the right time or the yeah. wrong time. And you're better to essentially, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. better to do it quickly and stuff up quickly. That's you know true. that fail fast rule. People That's like. That's right. Yeah, oh. so we did that last year. Yeah. We started a small pet photography business in yeah. the downstairs studio yeah. Yeah. and ran that for six months and realized I didn't have the time to do it, yeah. so I just stopped. So but yeah, you come up with the brand name, build a yeah. website, start getting business, put it out there. And this is awesome, but then you realize, oh, I'm now losing track of yes. the gallery side and I need yeah. to focus on that 1,000%. So yeah. Okay, stop. And it's not that hard. Yeah, and it's okay but to let go. Like, oh, but my Instagram. Oh, but my... Well, just don't. Just yeah. leave it there. No. I know. no one's what? looking when you're not posting. So That's right. Especially when you're doing everything on your own. So starting out solo, perhaps. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? If I can't Instagram every day, it doesn't I just, I'm not going to die. And that's it. And that's it. You've got to, there's a whole other real world that exists out there yeah. that's far yeah. more important. <laughs> All this, you do the social media, and this. You're like, you know what? I'll try to be consistent, but and, yeah, I'll do it, it when I can. And that's <laughs> a bit more of that don't give a fuck kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that takes constant work oh massive work. oh man it's that same thing you know the up and down that's it you like you give too many fucks and then yeah. you're like okay don't give any yeah. it's like either the one extreme or the other, the other and then you like go back up and say oh too many fucks you know what I don't give it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a real extreme but I think that's and the it, only way to manage it <laughs> that's a common characteristic in creatives I think cool good to yeah. know totally totally normal <laughs> if you're not having those extremes, extremes then something's wrong <laughs> yeah. um, is there any advice you would give on becoming your own artist or creative and developing your own style and personality? I have some, some thoughts about it, but I don't know how valid it is. What are your thoughts um, on that? I guess it's just trying not to be too influenced by what's going on around you. Yeah. And in this day and age, that's so hard. The more you're consuming on social media and all the channels of stuff coming at you, yeah. it influences what you end up making. So make sure you do just... Even if nothing comes out of it, make sure you do just lock yourself away for a period of time 
without mm. reference to stuff. So, for example, myself, I'm, I take a few photos, but, you know, once a month, uh, me and a friend will just get our cameras with no real aim of what we're going to shoot that day, but just the sake of just going out and taking photos. Yeah. But probably five times out of ten, we come mm. home with some really good stuff. And it might just be a catalyst for an idea to then go and do a shoot that actually is creating the stuff you're actually going to say is going to sell. But it doesn't happen when you're just sitting at home, looking at Instagram, going, I wish I was out there taking that shot. We'll just turn it off and go and walk down to the local park, climb yeah. up a tree, go down the kids' slide, I don't know, just do something yeah. random and see what happens. See what happens. Because sometimes research can be crippling in that sense, right? The more yeah. stuff you look, the more you're overwhelmed, you're good, and then you don't even... Then you don't even know where to start, and yeah. so you don't make a start. <laughs> exactly, yeah. you sit there just fretting about it. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of my friends sees a sign writer, and I think he still does this, but he will just write the alphabet out every morning. Just write A yeah. to Z, and it could be italic that day, yeah. or blocks the next day, or yeah. whatever. But if he's doing it every day, he's just refining, getting better, refining. Yeah. It's like and Jessica Heesh as well, right? She does an alphabet every day. Oh yeah, the alphabet. Yeah, I think it might be a common thing for um, type people. She's a calligraphy. Oh yeah, calligraphy. Yeah, yeah. So, or just one letter. Yeah. Like today, I'm just going to draw the letter A. Yeah. And and I'm going to draw it 50 times. So little things like that. I think. Yeah. Just kind of get yeah. in the the habit. That's it. Of not thinking about it too much and just doing it. Yeah. What are the most important lessons that your journey has taught you so far? Patience. We're in a world of now, instant, behind everything. There's real work that happens behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah and that's what you've got to remember. Yeah, have patience. Yeah, have patience. So easy to forget. But the really other one, which is a little contradictory yeah. to that, is just, yeah, you got to go as hard and fast as you possibly can, as quickly as you can. Be patient, but go all in. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I needed to hear that. <laughs> How do you think other people can continue to do what they love for as long as possible? Oh, that's a hard one. Because, I mean, you, I guess you've been running this yeah. for quite some time as well. Yeah, you? right, 10 years, and came for another 10 easily. Yeah. I just had this conversation a couple of nights ago with some mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. And we're, we went around in a big circle and ended up talking about that shouldn't be the focus. It's, you know, how people say you can make, you know, get enjoyment out of anything. So we you know, stole a saying from someone, I forgot he said this, mm, do the dishes to do the dishes. So when you get up and do the dishes... That's what you're doing. Don't think about anything else. Mm. It's like being in the now yeah. type thinking. Yeah, it's more and yeah. just we then led to talking about making sure you're you spend time around the people you want to spend time around. So it does mean being selfish sometimes and saying no to people. But if it means you can do the things you, you know, spend more time doing the stuff you like and mm. being around people that you like being around, then you're going to be all around happier. And that doesn't matter if your job is delivering mail or being the CEO of an international fashion brand, that all becomes a little bit insignificant because yes. the other basic stuff that actually makes people like, man, that was a good day. It's just being around people that like to be around, doing something they like doing. Yeah, it's yeah. like those, you know, the real basics. Yeah. Keep the basics there yeah. and then everything should just keep going. Exactly. The artists that I get to deal with and yeah. Renee and Adam who work here, like, yeah. there's the raddest people to be around. Yeah. We could be making pencil sharpers. It'll still be so much fun. <laughs> <It's> fun. <Yeah. laughs> that's when you know you've got a that's, good team, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they yeah. say surround yourself with people, good people, and then it just, yeah, it's good. Um, outside of work, do you take part in any other activities that are just for yourself and your enjoyment? Absolutely. I'm yeah. a mad fisherman and big gardener. Yeah, it's definitely a, a slight environmental, I suppose, yeah. leaning that way, but it's yeah. because I've always been into the outdoors. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you spend the time snowboarding and you start to be pretty conscious of the built environment and the natural environment, mm-hmm. the impact yeah. and, you know, 
if you do have a choice to select, it definitely feels good to lean the way that doesn't have as much harm. Or so yeah, to go catch your own fish instead of buying it and grow some of your own veg because really it's effortless and you need about a meter square to actually sustain a person with some veggies. It's like very satisfying. So apart from selling out, it's all about yeah, go home to the farm we call it and just yeah hang out with my dog, garden, fish, all that stuff. We call your home the farm. The farm, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> nice. you know, everyone's got their dream. I love yeah, the farm. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Cool. <laughs> it's um, the mini farm for them for now. That's a great way to think. It's like turn your home into another dream. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cool. So, to finish off, I'm just going to read out a quote. Oh, yes. Yeah. And just get your thoughts on it. So, this quote is by um, Henry David Thoreau. I think that's how you say it. And he says, It's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. Oh yeah, that's really good. Because <laughs> often I uh, like to ask artists after seeing them have a conversation with somebody about the piece they've painted and they might be with a collector and the collector's like, oh I can see how you've done this and that and that. And I can see the artist kind of nodding in agreement, like yeah, you're right. You can. Later on they're like, no, nothing like it. I just painted it. I wasn't even thinking of anything. But the fact that someone else saw something completely different in the painting is kind yeah. of good because then they unintentionally satisfy this person's eyes somehow. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time and it's really cool. And they're often, they're often not artists, they're just rolling with it going, yeah, 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 totally. Because it's so subjective, right? Oh, t- yeah. yeah. So subjective. It's yeah. a great, that's a really good, it is a good quote. very good quote, yes. Oh, if you don't take quote. photos, you make photos because you forget about the journey there to the location to then take this photo and drive back and yeah. you do some editing and all of the practice that happened before you took that shot. So all of that ended up making that one photograph that you might show someone. You make photographs. That's a really cool way to put that. Thank you. Finish off there. Cool. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little or a lot of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes, as it helps more people find these conversations.